<coughs> so it's a sense of onlooking and equanimity is one, one of the great parameters, one of the great uh, qualities that uh, keep us going. Where the economists are the ups and the downs and the joys and the misery of it all. <laughs> so that one can really have a way of looking at cause and effect, you know, without getting, it's just understanding cause and effect, you know, which we only, we can't do if we're reacting all the time. So just noticing <coughs> as best we can results. <coughs> Of what we're doing, where it's going wrong. <clears throat> and uh, this uh, recognition of, uh, as you begin to see, cause and effect rather than self as being the agent. You know. So it's just intentions and re- reflexes and reactions and feelings and things like this that are the agents rather than self. And the results are not self, but results of perceptions, impressions, mind states, realizations, cessation. These, you know, so you see, there isn't anybody there in that sense. It kind of passes through this very subjective experience that we all have. But um, you're realizing how it, it does keep passing through. And uh, the amazing uh, thing is, stuff moves along. You know, things happen that we didn't want to have happen. Things move along that we thought we were stuck with. Um, lovely things arise that we weren't expecting. Uh, things stop that we thought were going to be there forever. Things move along. Things shift and change. It certainly speeds up the process the more that one can kind of get out of the way get stuck in it all and this getting stuck is really the emotional emotional um, reactivity around our experiences you know, so that's the thing that becomes less gluey less sticky with time it's kind of wear out the uh, outrage and the ecstasy But, it's, uh, but what should not wear out is the quality of attention and awareness. So we're not dulling out or numbing out, but just and your attention uh, establishes many uh, qualities of boundaries, what we do and what we don't do. So that becomes clear once you begin to see cause and effect. Things you oh well, I don't do that anymore because that one goes the wrong way. So you put a boundary there. This one I'm not going to follow this attitude or this activity or this way of looking at things. You just, you know, put a boundary there. Things that we feel begin to see giving rise to good effects, you put more energy and yes into that. So understanding cause and effect. It's really important because we're most of the awareness field this kind of cosmos of cause and effect in one way you can't escape it there's things we have to do you know 
sentient beings, we're in this we're in this realm of cause and effect, you have to handle it, you have to give rise to cause, you have to create things, you have to plan things, you have to make things, you have to stop things, start things, figure things, work things, you know. Just even your, your own body, the world around you, people. Mm-hmm. So you're in this realm of cause and effect, you've got to handle cause and effect. Uh, saying, well, you know, within this realm, you know, where, where's a sense of impatience or frustration or willingness or whatever, you know. So really cultivating this equanimously, seeing that the real problems are not the world of cause and effect per se, but the particular attachments we generate within that. You know, you get really strung up on wanting things to be a certain way. And all you can know is you can really put a good willingness into into one's daily life, into the way we work with people, with work with ourselves. And uh, that's what you can do. You can create skillful causes. The whole of this situation here is really just the ongoing series of happy accidents and unhappy accidents. But basically, you know, the sum of life is one of chance, actually. Chance and opportunity um, depends on all kinds of things that we really don't have a lot of say over. You know, you can't you're living on what's given. Um, you know, situations, structures that support it in a country that allows it. You know, all that could fold up. So we're living in this world of chance, cause and effect, and they take the opportunity. Don't fall asleep in it. Don't cling to it and get stuck in it. Start to colonize it. Imagine it as our own. That's where it sticks. You get the weight of responsibility. Territorial. Judgments, comparisons. This is rather like playing billiards, you know, when you play billiards or snooker. I played it for donkey's years, so I don't. <laughs> You're going to putt these balls, and what do you want to do with these balls is to get them down the hole. <laughs> That's what you're doing with cause and effect. You just want to handle it so as it goes to emptiness, it goes down the hole. You don't want to just keep the balls battering around the table all the time. Yeah. So where they go is that sense of let you know you, you touch things in order to just take them to a place in your mind where it's okay, it's finished, it's completed, it empties. Hmm? Playing billiards, and some of these are pretty tricky balls to play. You know where you can do things, pick up things, work with them, and still send them to that place where you're not you're not bothered. You're not attached. Projects, uh, functions. And if we want to, if we're looking for anything other than emptying, it's going to be going around the table all the time. If you're looking to be a success, that's going to send you drive your balls around around the table, looking for something to keep ricocheting off and saying, "Yeah, great, great, great," you know. And you've got to do another one. 
But you know, here one isn't trying to be a success or a failure. You just want to come to that place where you've just done, did the good, and let it go. Getting clearer that that is really the most uh, beneficial. Not to have been praised or blamed, but to have just let it go into emptiness. And there is this faculty of mind, uh, which as a summoner, as a disciple of the Buddha, is very much encouraged to in the Nibbana Dhatu, Nibbana element of non-clinging. kind of considers one does the, the amount of things we do and, and you know, in my own mind notice whenever you know I'm doing things waiting for some kind of feeling of applause or that was great it's always suffering <laughs> and then you know somebody says well I didn't think very much of that or that was a load of rubbish and then you feel hurt again yeah and the mind, my mind is pretty critical, self-critical. So whatever I do, I think, well, yeah, I could have done it better than that. That was too long, too short, too big, too small, too complicated, not enough detail. Not humorous enough, too not accurate enough, and so forth. And goodness me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as if, you know, what one's doing is somehow... There's nobody else there. You know, people pick up what they can and what they will and what they do and they have their own experiences and perceptions of that, but you just know your intention. And it's kind of uh, like a pruning away of these powerful worldly dhammas and powerful self-attachments, praise, blame, success, failure, happiness, unhappiness. So what you know really is path. Uh, and that's the things you really want to know is path and goal results, path and fruit, you might say. Lots of things we do know, but they can, uh, you know, uh, we can study, we can have worldly skills, we can have study skills, we can have all kinds of gifts, great. But what we really need to know is path and fruit. Everything else comes within that. How to shoot those balls down the hole. How to get your skills to just disappear into emptiness. How to get your flaws to disappear into emptiness. You know, That's what we really need to know. Everything else just sends us round and round the table all the time. Ricocheting, bouncing. So as we see the um, meditation experiences, we're looking very closely into effects, you know, what what we're inheriting, and also we're looking closely into causes, what we bring forth, how we tune in, what we give attention to is one source of cause, what we actually attend to, you know, 
tending to things that generate passion or aversion or you're tending to things that generate calm and clarity so you're just looking at that what you give attention to what your, what your intentions are what your sense of aim is about it's probably the first is just the quality of attention to deliberately take advice and to, to give attention to things that, like your body, your breathing the qualities of space qualities of virtue and you start to see how those inten- attentions give rise to uh, moti- an, an intention you know? that is because you see things feel good your intention comes oh I want to be more with that you direct towards that cause you see effects there's so many things we can give attention to this is probably one of the major features of our practice because we are now in a very kind of open cosmos where most anything can be heard seen relayed media you know we're right in a very uh, you know the internet age stuff coming in all over you know through the papers, through the wires, through the screens, through talk and so forth. You know, it's just blowout, actually, if you try to <laughs> even take it all in. So what's worth of giving attention to? And it's not even contents, but it's also personal things. That may be useful, but for me it's not relevant, or right this time it's not doing me any good. So a sense of screening and boundaries around what we do. And then we really want to give the mind some firmness and some happiness and some strength. You realize, well, you want to attend to uh, in the way of samadhi, the way that collects and unifies the mind, cause, effect. And uh, samadhi is sometimes uh, likened to nibbana, uh, as having this sense of um, the, the blowing out or the ceasing of, of certain uh, sense contact. So it's a kind of Nibbana. Nibbana can be seen as the ending of things. And you have the chance to experience um, the mind, you know, not, not, not fermenting, not going on. when you come out of a meditation session you probably get that uh, moments when suddenly the you know there's almost you
push the reset button. Mm. You know, he's kind of arrested certain activities. Push the reset button. Then now what is really you want to go back to the old stuff without some checking or oh you know this is how to continue mm. things you see you don't need to do. For me, there are certain um, things that become apparent, like uh, staying in the body, walking, putting limits on what I give attention to, times, places for stopping, times to encourage, times to take a rest, actually just keeping the path, realizing it's the path itself that empties, successively empties. You know, time is, so that's where it goes that's where the mind will go if it's steered in the right way so in a way Nibbana is not a, not a, a caused thing you can't create it uh, but you can generate a path that, that goes that way as if one's you see the, the, the causes the selfing, the clinging there are these times when actually the places where you are clinging are devoid of that and your mind starts to empty about future, about past, about self, about others. It goes into that like a hole. A hole is a very glamorous term seen from the point of view of the, of the conditioned, of the formed, but the quality of an openness, a spaciousness, which is not good or bad or pleasant or unpleasant, but it makes life, takes the pressure off on the condition level, takes the intensity out of it, takes the pressure off. This is what we're looking for. This is where those balls will go if you shoot right. Mm. 